to the Plain Ordinary Dragon podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If you've been here before, welcome back. I'm always so thankful for all of our listeners. You know, time's the most precious resource any of us have. And the fact that you've chosen to spend some of yours with me, with us, is very humbling. And we don't ever take it for granted. So I just always like to start the show by saying thank you. I I just appreciate you so very much. Today was going to be an interview day, uh, but I decided I didn't want to do that. In fact, last week I started thinking about uh, some things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast uh, that weren't necessarily interview or or driven. And one of those things was how people come in and out of your life. And I was actually, the whole show was going to revolve around that. But the closer that I've gotten to time to record, the more it feels like there's something else that I need to talk about. So today, the focus of this show is going to be putting your voice into this world and how that can affect people and how important that is and why. But before we get to that, I feel it's important to just stop and touch on the original topic that kind of pulled me away from the interviews, which is people and the people that come and go from your life. And the thing that's really interesting is that if we look at it, most people are not in your life for the entire part of it. In fact, most people are only in your life for a short period of time. Some of them for longer, but a lot of them, I would say a majority of them, aren't. And so one of the healthy things to do is understand how they're presence in our life is beneficial to us. Now you may be saying to yourself, Elliot, come on, man, what, what are you talking about? What are you babbling about? Well, I find that there's a lot of division in at least the United States right now. There's a lot of people that for a lot of years loved each other and now won't talk to each other because of the divisiveness of our politics and the political atmosphere because of religion, uh, and beliefs and philosophies that do not mesh. And so I find that anger and hatred and frustration are not productive emotions. I wanted to share with you what I have tried to start doing that has helped me instead of viewing people as evil or awful or mean, or how could you do this or this violation? I think, and I don't remember who originally said it, you know, people come into your life and they're either someone that you, well, actually they're all someone you learn from. It's just, how do we view their time with us? And what I mean by that is, is that I've had people that have come into my life that have wreaked havoc. I have had people that have sold me bills of goods. I have had people that have devastated me. And I have struggled mightily trying to sort that out. I have struggled mightily trying to understand why people are horrific to other people when we're all the same. We're all people. We're all humans. Why do we treat each other this way? So what I've done to try to deal with this in my life is to, instead of viewing people as good or bad or right or wrong, 
I've tried to view them as teachers. I either learn something from these people that are good and I want to keep them in my life, or I learn lessons from the challenges with these people. When they leave my life, I'm not angry for the havoc and the disappointment. I'm trying to be thankful because of what I learned and how I've been able to grow through those challenges, through those relationships. But by the same token, I'm so very grateful for the good teachers I've had in my life. So I don't know if that's helpful to you or not. I don't know if that provides value to you or not, but I can tell you that it's one of the coping mechanisms I use to try desperately to make sense of how people in our lives affect us and how they can affect us and how even bad experiences can really move us forward into better experiences, how we can learn from them. So I wanted to share that with you. That was really, I was going to make a whole episode around that, but that's really the key for me uh, to try to overcome some of this. Now, I'd like to move on to talking about putting your voice in this world. I want to tell you a story, and it starts with a a very sensitive young boy. He's around the age of about 10, and he goes to church every Sunday, usually, with his parents. His parents take them, and he doesn't really get along with the other children. He usually sits with his father back in the sound room. And as he's sitting there watching the service, there are different things that happen. He learns how to record the service. He learns how to run a soundboard. He learns how to pay attention to what's happening and move the dials so that the people sound the best they can. Then one day, one Sunday morning, one of the members of the congregation gets up on stage and it's just him and his guitar. It's a special presentation that day. This parishioner has written a song and the song is for the audience. It's for the people in the church. It's for his Lord. And the young boy sitting in the sound room, decides to record that song. Not for any other reason other than he likes music. The song blows that young boy away. It's an amazing song to him. It touches an inner peace of his soul. It lightens his world. He has a melody that he sings for the rest of the day. And he's so very excited. So very excited. Why? because he also recorded it and he could take it and listen to it. And he could be reminded of that moment, that moment of brilliance, that moment of, in this case, worship or praise to someone's Lord. It's a very intimate moment. It's a very powerful moment. It is in essence, art at the most, the most real level. It is the sharing of one soul with many others, putting, taking what is inside 
and putting it into the world and saying, if you feel this way, you're not alone. Well, that boy took that recording, didn't tell anybody he recorded it. He took it to school and he made people listen to it and they were blown away and they were amazed. And then some of the teachers who had heard the song contacted the boy's parents and said, this is an amazing song. We would really like uh, to know more about the artist and we would like to see, you know, a little bit more about this art. The boy's parents didn't know anything about it. They didn't even really realize what had happened. So they contacted the artist, the man who wrote it. And he was not happy because for that artist, he meant for that song only to be for the people there that day. The little boy didn't know this, but that song, it sparked something. Because for the first time, that child was able to really see that someone no different than everyone else around him, not a superstar, not, not a, a famous person, not anyone other than someone that you went to church with, someone that you, that worked, you know, in a factory, someone just like him, no silver spoon, no real advantages in life, but he had a voice and he used that voice. He shared his art. And this struck a chord with this young child. This young child, as he grew up, didn't chase music as a vocation. He grew up like any other normal child. But years later, that boy, attending the same church, met another friend. And that friend was good friends with this artist. And so this boy with his new friend who knew this artist would take him under his wing and drive him out to see that artist. And they would talk about music. And this young boy was brought into the world of music, the world of recording, because this artist happened to have a basement. And in that basement was what at that time was an emerging technology of digital music recording using DAT tapes and ADAT tapes and, and a, a full Tascam 32 channel board and beautiful Yamaha speakers for monitors and yeah, just a, an amazing setup. But it came at a price. You see, this artist didn't make the big time. You see, he was just like me or you or that boy. He worked his own job. He happened to work at a factory and he just so happened to be unlucky enough to have an accident at that factory that destroyed his lung capacity. And so he could no longer follow his musical dream in the way that he had before. Lots of rehab. But luckily for him and for this young boy, he was able to put in a full studio in his basement. And this young boy, who now is a probably about 15 years old, is visiting this studio, this home studio. And he, for the first time, talks to the artist about that song and about that experience. 
that's where he finds out that the artist didn't want anyone other than that church group to hear that. And the artist tells the young boy that he wasn't very happy about it. The young boy was noticeably upset about it because he didn't want to hurt the artist. He was just so excited to connect to another human being in a way that was so special. The artist and the young boy became pretty good friends and he didn't play music. He just would sit in the control room while his friend would play drums and the artist would play guitar and they would sing and they would record it. And he was used to, the child was used to being in that area because he grew up running sound at church. He grew up around music boards, so it was very comfortable for him. But then the artist came into that room and said, in my studio, no one sits and does nothing. You can't create unless you're playing, at least here. And what this artist told him was, I don't care what instrument you pick. Pick any instrument up in this entire place and play with us. This young boy didn't play. I don't know how to impress upon anyone how what a crazy moment in life that can be. He didn't play guitar. He didn't play in piano. Uh, he didn't play drums. He didn't play anything. So he picked up a tambourine because it was the safe bet. But he was fascinated, fascinated by this one guitar that was in that studio. It wasn't a particularly nice guitar. It had a sound that just called to him. He loved it. It sounded so good. The artist noticed that this, that this boy took a special liking to that guitar. Every time he would come over to the studio, he would just be fascinated by that guitar. He would pluck on it and strum it, and he didn't even know how to play a chord. He just messed with it because he, he loved the sound. So one day, the artist said to the boy, why don't you take that guitar home? And the boy said, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't pay for it. And the artist said, you don't have to. Why don't you just borrow it? And when you come back, bring it back to me. Well, the boy made almost weekly treks out to this recording studio in the middle of nowhere. And so he would bring the guitar back every single time and return it to the artist. And every time that boy would go to leave, the artist would say, take the guitar with you. Continue to learn. Continue to play. The boy was never comfortable with this, but the artist insisted. One day, the boy brought the guitar back and the artist said, you seem to really like the guitar. You started to learn how to play it. Why don't you buy it? And the boy said, I'm sorry, I don't have the money. I, I can't afford it. And the artist said, how much can you afford? Can you afford to pay me $10 a month? And the boy said, well, sure. And he said, okay, it's a deal. Give me $10. And then next month, give me another 10 until it's paid off. That boy took that guitar and learned how to write songs. That boy, about the time he turned 18, had his heart broken. 
smashed into so many pieces. And that guitar was his lifeline. Writing songs was what saw him through one of the toughest times of his life, at least to that point. The boy went on to write music. He went on to record an album. He never chased the music dream, but it it didn't matter because that's not what this was about. You see, I I think a lot of times we forget that art is not about making money, that art is not about a capitalistic avenue. Sure, it's important that we support artists and it's important that artists can make a living. I've never met an artist that said they wouldn't do it for free because it feeds their soul. It's what they love to do. And the ones that are lucky enough to make a living doing it will tell you they feel lucky that they're able to do something that they would do for free and get paid for it. And it's a rough time for artists right now, but that's not what this is about. This is about putting your voice into this world. It's about putting our voices into this world and why they're so important. This boy played music for the rest of his life and he inspired others with his music. I know this story intimately because it's my story. If you hadn't already guessed, I'm the little boy. James Davis is the artist. That man gave me so much because he wouldn't allow me to hide. He wouldn't allow me to be silent. He wouldn't allow me to keep my voice inside. He didn't care how messy it was. He didn't care that it wasn't top 40 material. He didn't care about any of that. What he cared about was helping a young boy put his voice into the world to find a channel to do something like that. I'm not sure how many of us understand how powerful that is. I can tell you with almost without reservation that if it wasn't for James Davis, I would have never written a song. Not, not in the way. I mean, there's always the possibility that I could have discovered things, but understand I never considered myself musical. I never considered myself good at that. I loved music since I was a child, but I didn't really have my voice. I'm sure if we talk to my mother, she'll tell you the story about how I sang when I was young and she took me to a specialist who sang, was like an operatic singer and said that I had some talent if I would be willing to develop it, but we never developed it and nothing really ever came of that. And James was the one, I still remember that song to this day. I don't have a copy of it and it kills me, but I still remember sitting there And being so blown away that someone could write something so amazing that it could strike the chords within my soul and move me. And as you know, I mean, this, I'm sure you can hear the passion in my voice when it comes to talking about this. As I've said many times before, I no longer am in the church of any sort. I'm no longer a believer But that moment 
That moment was so pivotal for me. It was so important for me. And I am so grateful for it. I am so thankful for it. You know, that, that song, I can still hear the melody. Da, 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 da. I don't remember all the words. It was something like, living in the will of the Lord, singing every day, praising my father. It was just a magical moment. And some people would say a spiritual moment, definitely a spiritual moment. And I don't believe that any religion had anything to do with that. I want you to at least know that if James had not gotten up that day in that church and put his voice in the world and shared part of his soul with us, I might not be here today doing what I'm doing. I might not be doing a podcast. I might not have gotten to do the things that I've done in my life, especially the ones that revolve around music. I probably would have never gone to Steve Earle's Camp Copperhead, the songwriting camp. Probably would have never gone. Probably would have never ended up being the videographer for it. I would have probably never gotten to know one of my musical idols. Probably would have never learned how to play guitar. I mean, maybe. I might have picked it up when I was 40 or 30 or something. Who knows? But how important is it that James was willing to stand up in front of all these people that he knew, bear his soul, and put his voice in the world? I don't know how many other people that affected. Some people may have just thought it was a nice song. Some people may have taken it as seriously as I did. I don't know. What I do know is that his voice was pivotal to my voice being heard. And that's the opportunity that you have, that I have, that we have each and every day. We have the opportunity to help someone put their voice in this world and affect someone else's life for good. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? Today, I am lucky beyond belief. I have friends, acquaintances, people I know who put their voice in this world. And it means so much to hear them. I don't always agree with them. Sometimes I disagree heavily. But that's not really the point, is it? The point isn't being right or wrong about what you're putting into the world. The point is is to put your voice into the world and see how it makes the world a better place. We need all of, the, all of the voices. We need the connection. We need the community. And so I guess what I wanted to say was, please put your voice in the world. Be messy. Pick up that instrument and go play, even when you don't understand how chords or notes work. Write that song. There's nobody that writes a song the first time out and it's brilliant. No, it's messy. It's always messy. Write that poem. Write that novel. Build that spaceship. Write that code. Whatever form your voice takes in this world, take it and put it out there because we need it. 
We need your voice, just like you need other people's. A lot of times people like to be macho and say, I don't need anybody else. I don't care what anybody else says. It's not true. You don't believe me? Go read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. We all care. We all care what other people think. We try not to let it bother us when people don't like it. But we care. And the reason we care, I believe, is because of the connection that we feel it is so necessary. It is necessary. It's the community. It's the connection. That's why we're here. And we can't do it without putting our voices in the world. So that's what I wanted to say today. I wanted to beg you to please take the step, be bold, be messy, and put your voice in the world because this world is dying to hear it. It may not think it is. It may disagree with you. Guess what? You might be wrong. But until you do, you don't really know. You know, it's a lot like... It's a lot like reading a manual versus actually doing the work. I'm getting ready to replace the oil in my air compressor. Never done it before in my life. Don't know how. But I got the manual, and I looked at it, and I read through it, and it made sense. And then I went out to the air compressor, and it it didn't make sense. <laughs> I had to play with it. I had to figure it out based on the manual that I had and the knowledge that I knew, but there was still that piece where I was figuring things out. I was being messy. I wasn't doing it perfect. Next time I'll do it better. And then the time after that, I'll do that better. And that, that is how we move the, our worlds forward is by doing the best we can. I love, I love the quote from General Patton. When a man has done his best, what the hell else is there? It's all any of us are ever required to do is our best. And our best is different on different days. Some days, my best is really amazing. And then some days, my best is trying to just keep it together while I stay in bed. You know, I've, I've been doing this podcast for over a year now. And there are days where I don't want to do it. There are days where I don't want to put something together. There are days where... I don't think anybody's listening. And in, now during the pandemic, if I take a look at my downloads, oh, compared to what they were when I started this a year ago, before the pandemic hit and everybody's listening, patterns changed, man, I could get depressed. I could stop. I'd be like, well, I'm only disappointing 10 people or whatever the number is. But it doesn't help for me to be quiet. It doesn't help for me to go silent. It doesn't help to give up. And so here we are. I've always, always, always hoped that this podcast would inspire you. Inspire you to do what you want to do. What you dream to do. What your goals are. But mostly, I've hoped that it would provide enough value that you would feel empowered and confident and inspired and motivated to just go out and do what you can do. You're already enough. You're already good enough to do whatever it is. You may not be good enough to get paid for it. You may not be able to leave the job you have or your situation, but you can start making steps. 
you can start going toward what you want to go towards. You can start putting your voice in this world. And I highly recommend you do because we only get one shot at this life. Yeah, there may be an afterlife. There may not. I don't know. I haven't been there yet, but I can't live for that. I can only live for what exists and what exists is this moment right here, right now. I urge you, grab a hold of it. Do what lights you up. Because when you do what lights you up, when you put your voice in this world, when you are a James Davis, the world is a better place. And I am living proof of that. And I'm not the only one. We all stand on shoulders of giants. I'm no exception. Neither are you. So please, put your voice in the world. You never know who you're going to touch. You never know who you're going to inspire. And you never know who you're going to save from an existence that they wouldn't have had without you. As always, you might be plain and you might be ordinary. But you're a dragon and you can do amazing things. And we can't wait to hear your voice in this world. Where are the answers?